0: Capital, my dear Watson. Let us return to our humble abode.
1: Two two one B Baker Street, please, Kevin. From London, we present Silver Blaze, a play for radio by Michael Hardwick, based on the short story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Silver Blaze. The um, extraordinary case of the disappearance of the favourite for the Wessex Cup and the tragic murder of its trainer was the one topic of conversation throughout the length and breadth of England. But I knew that Sherlock Holmes was brooding about it as he rambled about the room with his chin on his chest and his brows knitted, charging and recharging his pipe with the strongest black shag. Suddenly, he
0: stopped his pacing and addressed me. I'm afraid, Watson, that we shall have to go. Go? Holmes, where to? To Dartmoor, the King's pilot. What? I think we're just time to catch our friend at Paddington. I presume you've already looked into this matter of the murder of John Straker and the disappearance of Silverblaze. Well, I've seen what the Post and the Chronicle have to say. Have you formed a the theory then, Holmes? At least I have a grip of the essential facts of the case. I'll enumerate them to you. Yes, do. I needn't tell an old racing man like you anything about Silver Blaze himself, need I? <laughs> He's from the Ithonyme stock. Record as brilliant as his
1: ancestor. Let's see, he'll be in his, uh, in his fifth year now. Correct. Up to the time he disappeared, he was favorite for the Wessex Cup at three to one. He's very
0: popular with the punters. <laughs>
1: Never disappointed
0: him yet. Excellent, my dear Watson. See how invaluable you are to me. Oh, right. Well, all that you've been saying was, of course, appreciated in his training stable at King's Pylon. Mm. I understand they'd taken every precaution to guard him. Do you know King's Pylon by any chance? No, i know never been I've heard a lot about it, of course. Well, the country round is very lonely. Tavistock is about two miles to the west, and also about two miles away across the moor is Capleton.
1: Ah, oh, that's Lord Deckwater's training place. It yeah. is.
0: In all the other directions, the moor is a complete wilderness. Well, last Monday night, the horses at King's Piland had been exercised and watered as usual, and the stables were locked up at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Two of the stable lads walked up to John Straker's house for their supper, while the third, Ned Hunter, stayed on guard in the stable. Mm-hmm. At a few minutes after nine, Straker's maid, Edith Baxter, took this lad his supper, a dish of curried mutton. Ha oh, lucky fella! She was within 30 yards of the stables when a man appeared out of the darkness and called out to her. Hey, you gal. Yes, sir. Can you tell me where I am? Oh, you're close to the King's Pylon training stable, sir. Am I? Am I indeed? Yes, sir.
1: What a stroke like. of luck. Oh, is, uh, is that the stable boy's supper you're carrying? Uh, sir, if you don't mind. Uh, look here. You see this note? Now, you'll see the boy gets this tonight, and uh, you shall have the prettiest dress
0: that money can buy. Pardon me, sir. Hello, Edie. Hey, what's the matter?
1: Oh, Ned, there's a fellow roaming about out there. Tried to make out he was lost, and then he said he'd buy me a frock if I would give you a note. Did he? Well, what's he look like? Oh, gentleman, I reckon. Terrible
0: pale and nervous, though. I didn't like him. the look of stick he was carrying. A good heavy thing with a knob on him.
1: Well, you can leave him to me. I'll soon see him off the place. Oh. Ah. Just the fellow I'm wanting to see. Now, look here. What's your business about this place, Mister? It's business that may put something into your pocket. Oh, so that's it. You're one of those damned touts, huh? Well, I'll show you how we serve the like of you in King's Pyland. No, no, wait a minute! Stop. Get off with you! I fetch the dog, Ned. Wait for the dog.
0: The boy locked the stable door and then went after his man with the dog. He ran all round the building but failed to find any trace of it.
1: Well, he'd plenty time to get away. And then what happened?
0: Hunter sent a message up to the trainer to tell him what had happened. Straker was excited about it, but he doesn't seem to have quite realised its true significance. Mm-hmm. However, it left him vaguely uneasy. Mrs. Straker woke up about one o'clock in the morning and found him getting dressed.
1: John, John, is that you?
0: Yes, love. Go
1: back to sleep now. Oh, You're getting dressed. It, it's all his love. I'm not worried about him. I can't get to sleep. Oh, it's no use. I should go and have a look at them. Oh, John. Now stop worrying and go off to sleep. I'll be back in no time. No for you fear.
0: Mrs Straker woke again at seven to find that her husband still hadn't returned. She dressed quickly and hurried off to the stables. Inside she found Ned Hunter huddled on a chair in a state of absolute stupor. Silver Blaze's stall was empty and there were no signs of his trainer. Hmm... She roused the other two stable lads and sent them out to search the moor. Oh, Jaff, what is it then? Over yonder. By them furze bushes, there's something flapping. flapping. Hmm. Ah, you're right. It's cold or something.
1: Come on. Right. It's the master's cold hanging in the
0: bush. See if there's anything behind in there. Uh, right, Jack.
1: Oh, my lord! What is it? It's Master. His head's been bashed in. Oh hey, look! He must have tried to fight enough. See the little knife in his hand. Oh. God. What's that in his other hand then? Cloth or some kind of p- piece of red and black cloth. Well, let's see.
0: What is oh, this in cloth. Must be part of a cravat. See what happened? No. He tore it off the murderer in his dying struggle. Edith Baxter, the maid, identified the cravat as having been worn by the stranger who had visited the stables the evening before. When Hunter recovered from his stupor, he was quite positive about it, too. Well, what had happened to him, by the way, Holmes? Oh, he drank nothing. It's quite certain that the same stranger had somehow managed to drug his curried mutton. Oh. The remains of the curry were analysed. They contained an appreciable quantity of powdered opium.
1: Mm.
0: Well, then, what about Silver Bay's? He's never been seen since. It's fascinating, all right. Inspector Gregory's on the job, isn't he? Yes, and he's an extremely competent officer. If he were only gifted with imagination, he might rise to great heights in his profession. (laughs) Now, Holmes. (laughs) On his arrival, Gregory promptly found and arrested the man upon whom suspicion naturally rested. That was quick work. Mm. It appears his name was Fitzroy Simpson, a man of excellent birth and education who had squandered a fortune on the turf and who was making a living by doing a little quiet and genteel bookmaking in the sporting clubs of London. Gregory examined his betting book, and found that bets to the amount of five thousand pounds had been registered by him against the favorite. And what theory are the police holding to? I imagine they believe Fitzroy Simpson drugged the stable lad, opened the door, and took out the horse with the intention of kidnapping him. Mm-hmm. He was leading the horse away over the moor, but he was either met or overtaken by the trainer. Yes. Well, a row naturally followed. Simpson beat out the trainer's brains with his heavy stick, and then either led the horse onto some secret hiding place or else it may have bolted during the struggle and be now still wandering out on the moors. Yeah, yeah. Improbable, though this explanation is. All others are more improbable still. However, I shall very really quickly test the battle when I'm on the spot. It's the evening before we reach Terrystock. Are we to be met? Inspector Gregory will be there. He telegraphed to me, asking me to come. He said he'd do his best to bring the owner of King's Pylon, Colonel Ross, along with him. But we shall see what we shall see.
1: Oh, delighted to see you, sir. Uh, Colonel Ross, may I introduce Mr. Holmes? How do you do, Colonel? Very pleased you come down, Mr. Holmes.
0: Thank you. Uh, This is my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson, Colonel Ross. How do you do, sir? How do you do?
1: Have there been any fresh
0: developments, Inspector?
1: I'm sorry to say we've made very little progress. But we've an open carriage outside. No doubt you'd like to see the place before the light fails, so we can talk it over as we drive. Splendid. This way, please, gentlemen. Yes, the net is drawn pretty close around Fitzroy Simpson. I believe he's our
0: man. I really think we've been to go before a jury. A clever counsel would tear your case to rags. Well, how do you mean, Mr. Hobbs? Well, why should Simpson take the horse out of the stable if he wished to injure it? Why couldn't he do it there? Well, um, And where could Simpson, a stranger to the district, hide a horse and such a horse as this? Well, it may lie at the bottom of one of
1: the pits or old mines on the moor. The has examined every stable, house and Tabersock. Ladies are 10 miles.
0: There is another training stable quite close, I understand.
1: Yes, and that's a factor that we must certainly not neglect. Desborough, their horse, was second in the betting. That gives them an interest in the disappearance of the favourite. Now, Silas Brown, the
0: trainer at Capleton, is known to have had large bets on the event.
1: And he was no friend to Paul Shaker.
0: Believe me, Mr. Holmes. You have examined the Capleton stables, I imagine. Oh, yes. We found nothing to connect Brown with the affair. And nothing to connect this man Simpson with the interests of the Capleton stable? Nothing at all.
1: Oh, perhaps you'd prefer to go to the scene of the crime straight away, Mr. Holmes. Uh,
0: Mr. Holmes? Oh, oh uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, no. I think I should prefer to stay here a little and go into one or two questions of detail. Straker had been in your service some years, Colonel Ross. Five was a jockey, seven was a trainer.
1: Always found him excellent, seven.
0: I presume you made an inventory of what he had with him at the time of his death, Inspector. I
1: have the things themselves in the sitting room, if you care to see them. I
0: should be very glad. A
1: box of vestas, two inches of tallow candle, a briar pipe, pouch of sealskin with half an ounce of long cut, silver watch with a gold chain, a few papers. Oh, and this ivory-handled knife with a very delicate inflexible blade marked Weiss and Company, London.
0: Ah... This is a very singular knife. I presume as I see bloodstains on it, this is the one which was found in the dead man's hand. That's so. Uh, Watson. Hmm? This knife is surely in your line. Hmm, it is. It's what we call a cataract knife. I thought so. Very delicate blade, devised for very delicate work. Strange thing for a man to carry with him on a rough expedition. Now, how about these
1: papers? Uh, Three hay dealers' accounts, a letter of instruction from Colonel Ross, and uh, a milliner's account for £37.15.
0: Mrs. Straker has somewhat expensive tastes. 22 guineas is rather heavy for a single costume. However, there appears to be nothing more to learn. We may as well go down now to the scene of the crime. I'll lead the way, gentlemen.
1: Colonel Ross, Inspector, have you got him? Have you found him, sir?
0: No, Mrs. Straker, but Mr. Holmes here has come from London to help us. We shall do all that is possible.
1: Oh, Mr. Holmes, I didn't realize... Uh,
0: Surely I met you in Plymouth, at a garden party, some little time ago, Mrs. Straker. Me? No, sir, you're mistaken. Oh, dear me. I could have sworn it. Um, uh, You you wore a costume of dove-colored silk with ostrich feather trimming? I never had such a dress, sir. Ah, then that quite settles it. Please accept my apology. And this is the very
1: spot where Straker was found.
0: Hmm. I perceive that the ground has been trampled up a good deal. No doubt many feet have been here since Monday night. A piece of matting has been laid down here on the side. We all stood upon that. Excellent. My apologies,
1: Inspector. Huh. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Holmes. Look, I brought in this bag one of the boots Straker wore, one of Fitzroy Simpson's shoes, and a cast horseshoe
0: of silver blacks. My dear Inspector, you surpassed yourself. But Hello? What's this? What, Holmes? Here, in the mud. It's a wax fester. Half burned. Yeah. I can't think how I came to overlook that. Well, it's so coated with mud that it looked at first like a little chip of wood. I only saw it because I was looking for it. You expected to find it, Holmes? I thought it not unlikely. But now I should like to take a little walk over the moor before it grows dark. And I... I think I shall put this horseshoe into my pocket for luck. Shall you be wanting me, Mr Holmes? Yes, I wish you'd come
1: back with me, Inspector. Right. There are several points I'd like your advice about. I'm especially concerned as to whether we don't owe it to the public to remove my horse's name from the entrance
0: of the cup. Oh, certainly not. I should let the name stand. Oh, very
1: well, sir. I don't pretend to follow your reasoning. Uh, see you later, then, gentlemen. There you are. Mm.
0: Come on, my dear Watson. Let us take our stroll. Well, Holmes, what do you think? It's this way, Watson. Mm -hmm. We may leave the question of who killed John Straker for the moment and confine ourselves to finding out what has become of the horse. Uh, Very well. What has become of the horse? Well, now, supposing he broke away during or after the tragedy, where could he have gone to? Mm. The horse is a very gregarious creature. Sure enough. If left to himself, his instincts would have been to return to King's Pylon or go over to Capleton. Mm-hmm. He's not at King's Pylon. Therefore, he's at Capleton. Uh-huh.
1: We set off across the moor to Capleton with Holmes eagerly examining the ground. Look,
0: Watson, the trace of a horse. Mm-hmm. Let's just try this shoe from Silver Blaze for a fit. And. Uh... Perfect. Ha-ha,
1: it fits exactly. Let us proceed. Uh, well, the tracks are pretty plain, Holmes. Lucky the earth's so soft here.
0: We must hope it remains like this. Mm. Ah, but look.
1: Right, sure. A man's track as well, walking beside the horse. That's
0: it?
1: The horse was alone before.
0: Quite so. It was alone before. Alone. No, what's this?
1: These are the Cape
0: Capleton stables. The tracks lead right up to the gates. Well,
1: well. Well, I'm coming. Looks like the trainer. Yes. Hey, you! What the devil do you want here?
0: Ten minutes' talk with you, Mr. Silas Brown. I have no time to talk to every gadabout.
1: I want no strangers here.
0: Now be off. You may find a dog at your heels. Uh, just a uh, whisper in your ear first. What? Huh? What? It's a lie. It's an infernal lie. Very good. Shall we argue about it here in public or talk it over in your parlor? Oh, oh, well, uh, come in if you wish to. I shan't keep you more than a few minutes, Watson, if you don't mind waiting here. Oh, uh, oh, very well, Holmes. Now, Mr. Brown, I am quite at your disposal. Ah, my dear Watson. I say, Holmes, what has been happening? I never saw such a change in a man. All the winds even gone out of his sails. <laughs> a more perfect compound of the bully, coward, and sneak than Master Silas Brown I've seldom met with. Yeah, he has the horse then. He tried to bluster out of it, but I described to him so exactly what his actions had been on that morning that he's convinced that I was watching. Oh, it. excellent. <laughs> of course you observed the peculiarly squared toes in the impressions, and that his own boots exactly corresponded to them.
1: No.
0: No. 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 Well, I described to him how he found Silver Blaze wandering over the moor. How his first impulse had been to lead him back to King's Pyland. But then the devil had shown him how he could hide the horse until the race was over. Yes, but the Capleton stables have been searched by the police. Oh, an old horse faker like him has many a dodge.
1: But aren't you afraid to leave the
0: horse in his power now? He has every interest in injury. My dear fellow, he'll guard it as the apple of his eye. He knows that his only hope of mercy is to produce it safe. Mm, Colonel Ross didn't impress me as a man who would like to show much mercy in any case. The matter does not rest for Colonel Ross. I, uh, I don't know whether you observed it, Watson, but the Colonel's manner has been just a trifle cavalier to me. Mm. I'm inclined now to have a little amusement at his expense. Yes, yeah, but this is all quite a minor matter compared with the question, who killed John Straker? And you all devote yourself to that? On the contrary... We both go back to London by the night train. Back to London? Oh, but... Home not London. another word, now. We must get on. The Colonel and the Inspector will be waiting for us. Colonel? Yes? You have a few sheep in the paddock, I notice. Who attends to them? This lad here. I see. Uh, my lad. Oh, yes, sir? Have you noticed anything amiss with the sheep of late?
1: Well, sir, no, uh, not on what you count, but three of them have gone lame, sir...
0: Ah, a long shot, Watson, a very long shot. Uh, Gregory, let me recommend to your attention this singular epidemic among the sheep. You consider that important? Exceedingly sir. Is there any other point you wish to draw to my attention? To the curious incident of the dog in the night time. The dog did nothing in the night time. That was the curious incident. Now let us be getting along, please. Four days later, Holmes and I were again in the train,
1: bound for Winchester to see the race for the Wessex Cup. Colonel Ross met us by appointment at the station. Ah,
0: Colonel Ross, delighted to see you again,
1: sir. Mr. Holmes, the day of the race, and for all your assurances, I've still seen nothing
0: of my horse. You've not withdrawn him from the race. I shall do so the moment we need to, of course. I trust that will not prove necessary.
1: Excellency time
0: The horses should be coming out of the paddock any minute now What's the that, what's that silver, silver blaze favorite five this is Portfield. ridiculous, he's not he's even running well,
1: the horses are coming out onto the course now Look, all six numbers are still up on the board All six there Then, then silver blaze is running But I don't see, my colors haven't passed and five of passed Ah, oh, here's another. This must be silver blaze. Why, that's loose enough. I'm in mean, my colors. But that's not my horse. That beast hasn't a white hair on his body. What is
0: this you've done, Mr. Holmes? Well, well, let's see
1: how he gets off. Look, they're at the start. Ah, they're
0: the start of the Excellent start. Capital, capital. There they are coming
1: round the bend. who this isn't running too well that's my horse moving out in front which is my horse Desmond's coming up who's that lying first Ferraris. Yes, ah, you could bow oh, morals not sure, a hope yes, though yes, yes. just two of them in it neck and neck come on come on no no look look Desmond's slipping back you see ah oh, your horse is coming away Colonel Oh, by God! what a burst of speed! You've, you've good six legs in front! He will! He will! Come on, come on! He's dead in the place! Come on! There! Silver wins! Silver blade wins! My goodness, what a run! He's won! Oh, it's my race, then! Oh, congratulations, sir! Oh, magnum to you, sir! Well, uh, uh. I confess, I can't make it. No tail of it. Mr. Holmes, don't you think you've kept up your misfit enough?
0: Certainly, Colonel. You shall know everything. Let's all go round and have a look at the horse together. Here he is. You have only to wash his face and legs in spirits of wine, and you'll find that he's the same old silver blaze as ever. You, you take
1: my breath away.
0: I owe you a thousand apologies,
1: sir, for having doubted your ability. You've done me a great service by recovering my horse, but you would do me a greater service still, If you could lay your hands on the murderer of John Straker?
0: I have done, sir. You've got him. Where is he, then? He's here. Here? Where? In my company at the present moment.
1: Mr. Holmes, I quite recognize that I am under obligations to you. But I must regard what you have just said as either a very bad joke or an insult.
0: I assure you I haven't associated you with the crime, Colonel. The real murderer is standing immediately behind you. You mean the horse? Yes, the horse. And it may lessen his guilt if I say that it was done in self-defense and that John Straker was a man who was entirely unworthy of your confidence. Oh, but there goes the bell. And as I stand to win a little on this next race, I shall defy a lengthy explanation until a more fitting time. I confess that any theories which I had formed from the newspaper reports were entirely erroneous. I went to Devonshire with the conviction that Fitzroy Simpson was the true culprit. Although, of course, I saw that the evidence against him was by no means complete. Then it was while I was in the carriage, just as we reached the trainer's house, that the immense significance of the curried mutton occurred.
1: The mutton, Holmes?
0: It was the first link in my chain of reasoning powdered opium is by no means tasteless. Mm. A curry was exactly the medium which would disguise this taste. By no possible supposition could this stranger Fitzroy Simpson have caused curry to be served in the trainer's family that night. I see. Therefore, Simpson became eliminated from the case. And our attention centered upon Straker and his wife, the only two people who could have chosen curried mutton for supper that night. Yes. It was then I grasped the significance of the silence of the dog. The Simpson incident had shown me that a dog was kept in the stable, and yet, though someone had been in and had fetched out a horse, the dog had not barked enough to arouse the two lads in the loft. Well, obviously, the midnight visitor was someone whom the dog knew well. Streaker! I was already convinced, or almost convinced, that John Streaker went down to the stables in the dead of night and took out Silver Blaze. But for what purpose? For a dishonest one, obviously. Or why should he drug his own stable boy? and yet I was a little lost to know why. There have been cases before now where trainers have made sure of great sums of money by laying against their own horses through agents and then preventing them from winning by fraud. Sometimes it's a pulling jockey, sometimes it's some surer and subtler means. What was it here? I hoped that the contents of Straker's pockets might help me to form a conclusion. And did they? They did. You cannot have forgotten the singular knife which was found in the dead man's hand. Well, as Doctor Watson told us, it was a fold of knife which is used for the most delicate operations in surgery, and it was to be used for a delicate operation that night. You must know, with your wide experience of turf matters, Colonel Ross, that it is possible to make a slight nick upon the tendons of a horse's ham, which leaves absolutely no trace. Said for practice. Oh. A horse so treated would develop a slight lameness which would be put down to a strain in exercise or a touch of rheumatism, but never to foul play. Dylan, scandal. We have here the explanation of why John Straker wished to take the horse out onto the moor. So spirited a creature would have certainly roused the soundest of sleepers when it felt the prick of the knife. I've been blind, of course. That was why he needed the candle and struck the match. Undoubtedly. But in examining his belongings, I was fortunate enough to discover not only the method of the crime, a clue as to its motive what was it the bill for the 22 guinea dress what i questioned mrs straker as to the dress without her knowing it and satisfied myself that it had never reached her quite brilliant clearly straker was leading a double life and keeping a second establishment from that time on all was plain straker had led out the horse to a hollow where his life would be invisible. Simpson, in his fight, had dropped his cravat, and Straker had picked it up with some idea, perhaps, that he might use it in securing the horse's leg. Once in the hollow, he'd got behind the horse and had struck a light. But the creature, frightened at the sudden glare, perhaps, and with a strange instinct of animals, feeling that some mischief was intended, had lashed out, and the steel shoe had caught Straker full on the forehead. Wonderful, but wonderful. You might have been there. I confess, <laughs> my final shot was... A very long one. It struck me that so astute a man as straker would not undertake this delicate tendon making without a little practice. Well, what could he practice on? My eyes fell upon the sheep, and I asked one of your lads a question which rather to my surprise showed that my surmise was correct. You've made it perfectly clear, Mr. Holmes. (laughs) Ah, but this is Clapham Junction, and we shall be in Waterloo in a few minutes. If you care to smoke a cigar in our rooms, Colonel, I shall be happy to give you any other details which might interest you.
1: You've explained all but one thing. Where was the horse?
0: Ah. It bolted. And was cared for by one of your neighbours. What? But I think we must have an amnesty in that direction. After all, Colonel, you would not expect me to betray the secret of so noble an animal as Silverblade. That
1: was Silver Blaze by Michael Hardwick, based on the short story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock Holmes was played by Carlton Hobbs and Dr. Watson by Norman Shelley. Production for the BBC was by Robin Midgley.